message is part of the media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.corner-stone.org or by subscribing to our podcast. Today's teaching is by Pastor Daryl Ruin. Why don't you go ahead and be seated. Thank you, Ricky. Good morning. How are we? C.S. Lewis once said that it's not better arguments that the church needs, but better analogies, better metaphors, better, better pictures. We need better, better examples of what our God has done for us. Certainly, the, the Lord's table, certainly communion is the best of, of what we have. By way of examples, by way of pictures. And Jesus was the best at using everyday objects to, to paint pictures. So that not only our eyes would understand, but so that our, so that our hearts would understand. For the last few weeks, we've been, we've been exploring a little bit of a creative series, looking at the Lord's table from, from different perspectives, from different, from different point of views, maybe around the table, from different scriptures that, that emphasize this memorial. We noticed in the first week that, that at some point during the meal, Jesus realized that something was out of place, something hadn't happened that, that was supposed to have happened. And what it was was that nobody, hey Craig, morning, nobody had, had washed the feet yet. And the feet had to be washed. It was, it was a custom, but it was also necessary because when you came into someone's house and you had your, your flip-flops on from walking through the nasty streets, you had to be washed. It was like telling your kids to go to the bathroom and, and wash your hands, right? Before you come to the dinner table. It was, it was, it was that sort of thing. Remember that when they sat at the, the table together, they were most likely at a, at a lower table. They were probably on some, some pillows or cushions or cloths or something. And so you would kind of uh, you would kind of recline at the table. One, one passage says of the Lord's table that, that Jesus reclined at the table with his disciples. And so typically, I mean, you could sit crisscross applesauce, right? But a lot of times you would probably have your feet kicked up to the side. And so your partner next to you got to, got to see what you had going on. And so it was, it was important that feet got washed. But Jesus, he didn't care that the feet were dirty, right? You remember... Jesus picks up the pitcher, he, he girds himself with a towel, he takes off whatever, whatever outer garment he wore to that dinner, and he says, listen, if I don't wash you, you'll never be clean. And uh, you'll remember one of the disciples, one of the more ambitious ones, says, you're not going to wash me, and if I don't do it, Jesus says, then, then you're, you're done, you're doomed. And he says, well, have at it, wash, wash me head to toe. Because Jesus was, was using the pictures, the symbols, the, the everyday items to say, listen, what I have to do is important here. What I'm about to do is important. I'm going to, I'm going to shed my blood so that you can be made white as snow. So that your garments could be cleansed. So you could trade in your filthy rags for holy garments spotless, without blemish. The week after, we, uh, we had a door, and uh, just an old door, a beaten up door, a, a door that had a couple window panes missing, and we talked about how Jesus stands at the door and He knocks. 
And he patiently waits for those who are humble of heart to open the door and to invite the Savior in. And it says if we humble ourselves, if we open that door of our heart, then he will come in and he will what? He, he will dine with us. He will, he will have a meal with us. He'll have a meal with us as, as friends. As friends. Last week we talked in very sober and specific language about the crucifixion. Because what we know from, from, from this side of the table, from, from this side of the cross, is that, is that on this table lie broken and spilled out. We talked about last week Paul's odd and amazing words that, that if there's anything that I, that I wish to major on, focus on, remember above all other things, I, I've set my heart and my mind, I've determined myself to know, know nothing if I can't know Christ crucified. Not, not Christ's love, not Christ, His mercy, not His grace. Any word He could have chosen. Paul chose that, that additional add-on disciple. He, he chose to say, I choose to know nothing except Christ crucified. So we, once again, even in, in the great words of Paul, we're, we're pointed back at this table. We're pointed back at what, what picture Jesus has painted when he sits at this table for the last time with his friends. There would be bread. And he would, he would explain to them that, that he would be broken. There would be wine and he would explain to them that he would be poured out. He took those everyday objects and he says, this, this that you're looking at, um, it's me. It's me. Um. What Jesus saw on the table is probably um, the most humbling perspective we can take. When he saw the bread, he saw his body. When he saw the, the wine, he saw his blood. And for a moment, it, it wasn't just bread anymore and it wasn't just wine anymore. It was more than that to him.
There's a passage that is always um, befuddled me. And at the same time, amazed me, humbled me. After all of... uh, After all of what we know about what Jesus saw here, there's something he says before he comes to this table. There's something that uh, Luke's gospel says that, um, that, that really just blows me away. It says that, that Jesus, coming to this meal, had earnestly desired to share it with his friends. Now, you may question how much Jesus knew about what was coming. What the God-man knew exactly about, about all that would come in his, in his passion experience. I, I think when Jesus looked at the table... He knew what he saw. He knew what was coming. And yet, divinely inspired scripture says that Jesus earnestly desired to share this meal with his disciples. Does anybody else um, find the... uh, the irony in that, the oddness in that, the strangeness. Why would you want to face this? Why would you want to see your own execution laid out before you? I think when uh, Jesus saw this, he knew all the, the pain he would go through. He knew all the, he knew all the agony. But I think, um, I think there's another, another side to the coin. I think there's another, there's another piece to the puzzle. I think there's a, there's another reason that Jesus earnestly desired to share this meal with his friends. I, I think there's, there's something else because. You know, Jesus wasn't a, a glutton for punishment. And later on in the garden, it'll say that he, um, in, in agonizing prayer, crying out to the Father, he was, uh, he was asking that if there was any way that this cup, if this, if this thing could pass, if it could be taken away, if there was any other way, um, he, he asked that, but, but he knew there wasn't. Right, I mean, he he knew, Lord, Father, your will still needs to be done. He he wasn't a glutton for punishment. He didn't earnestly desire to face his own execution, to sit down with his disciples to see to see just this, and rejoice in the in the agony and in the pain. I think what Jesus saw was something more. 
I think there, there had to be other things on the table. When Jesus looks, it's got to be more than just his, his body broken, his blood spilled out. I think Jesus earnestly desires to share this meal with his friends because he saw past the pain. To something else. I think he saw. I think he saw us there. I think he saw redemption there. I think he knew that the wages of sin is death. So there, there was a gift of God that had to be provided, that would, would. Bring salvation to his friends. I think he earnestly desired to share this meal because it would it would paint a picture for his friends that there was a way. I think he saw John and he saw Peter on the table, through the table. I think he saw you. I think he saw me. How else could you earnestly desire to to face such a thing? I think he saw our sins on this table. The cause of broken and spilled out. I think he saw lies. I think he saw lust. I think he saw thieves. I think he saw broken people. I think he saw Deception, cheating, impure motives. I think he saw all of my sins. And I don't think it was the the fact that he saw his crucifixion here as much as it is that he saw a way to redeem me a way to redeem you. He saw hope on the other side. So that when we come to this table, when we do this in remembrance of Him, Just as he earnestly desires to share this meal with us as friends, I think we are prompted to always remember that what Jesus saw from his seat 
and he sat at this table was us. And so the, the broken, the spilled out part must have been uh, must have been terrifying. But we make it worth it. I don't know what you see when you come to the table of communion with your Savior. Certainly we should see broken. Certainly spilled out. Certainly we should be humbled. And like Paul, be determined to know Christ crucified above every other thing. Why, though? Why, though, would Jesus earnestly desire to share this meal? I think because he... um, He saw down through time and eternity to all those who would be commanded to do this in remembrance, to all those who would put their faith in the blood that was spilled. And um, he would see us. Bible says that Jesus earnestly desired to share this meal with his friends. For those of us who have put our faith in Jesus' sacrifice, we are called his friends. He earnestly desired to share this meal with us. I think it's a good thing that we would earnestly desire to celebrate this meal with him. When we look at the table, there are a couple reasons I think it's important for us to remember that we were there. We were there when Jesus looked down at that table. I think there's a couple reasons. One, it should should be heartbreaking and humbling to know that my sins set the table. But I think that uh, number 2, our sorrow should before, before too long, our sorrow should turn into amazing love. I think the meal becomes a, a celebration. A, a humble celebration. The thing that Jesus earnestly desired to do, we should earnestly desire to celebrate with Him. We should do this in remembrance of Him because He never forgot us. He saw you completely and yet loved you still through the pain. He saw you completely, meaning He saw your, your heart. He saw your motives, your intents, all your sin. The lying, Manipulation, the the impure thoughts. And yet he uh, 
he saw hope. And just as the Passover meal would represent, he saw he saw grace through faith for all those who would put themselves underneath the sacrifice made for them. He saw on this table a way. A way for you and a way for me to be brought near to the Father once again. So that we could sit at the table in fellowship with Him once again. On this table, I think you should... uh, not only see your sin, but I think you should see your name. On this table, I think you should see your name and grace and forgiveness and justice and mercy. On this table, we find our righteousness and we find our rest. Jesus would endure his own execution and earnestly desire to celebrate it even because it sets us free. He he died so that we could live. He died so that you could have peace from God but also peace with God. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we, we've known for a while, maybe, that Jesus is represented on this table. It's important, however, that we remember, though, that we are represented on this table as well. My name is on this table, Lord. You saw it years ago. The names of my children are on this table. You've made sacrifice for them. You patiently wait. The names of... uh, All those who have lived past and the present and those who are still yet to come in the future, their names and their sin are on this table because a way was made for them. So this morning we we take the seat take the perspective of your son Jesus Father and as he earnestly desired to share this meal with his friends we earnestly desire to celebrate it because we are among the number of those who have who have accepted all that was intended by these symbols So, Lord, for our remaining time, we, uh, we celebrate. We're, we celebrate by communing with you at your table. We celebrate in song. We celebrate in prayer because we're humbled. We're humbled to know that despite the pain, despite 
what you knew was on that table. You still wanted to share it with us. Dear Jesus, thank you for seeing me and all my sin on that table and yet setting the table for me still. I confess anew this morning, Lord, my sins, my shortcomings, and I claim grace and mercy. I claim the love and the blood of Jesus Christ over my sin and I put my faith I put my faith wholly in the Son of God and I pray Lord as I as I hope the rest of the hearts in this room are praying that the uh, the remaining days of our life will be for your glory may you receive the reward of your suffering in me through me. May my life be the reward of your suffering, dear Jesus. I give you all my days. We pray these things in the name of our cornerstone and our sacrifice. Amen. We're going to worship for a few more moments. You've got a couple songs, so uh, you don't have to you don't have to rush up to take communion all at once. Uh, just enjoy, uh, enjoy some time of worship. And uh, as God directs you, come up and, uh, and share communion. Uh, there's some markers up here if you want to add your name. And uh, if you want to write a note, put whatever you, whatever you feel led to, to leave on the table. And uh, whatever you do, whether it's in your seat, whether it's standing, whether it's at the altar, whether it's at the table. Uh, I pray that uh, you have this this heavy weight of joy, if that makes sense. Humility, yes. But confidence as you approach this table. It was set. It was set for you. Why don't you stand and worship listening today. We hope this message was a blessing to you. To learn more about our church or our media ministry, you can visit us online at www.corner-stone.org or find us on Facebook.